Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. John chapter 10, verse 11. Um, this is what the Bible says. Uh, Jesus is speaking. Verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Verse 17, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down Of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. I want to take the next 25, 30 minutes or so and I want to just preach a really simple message. It's on my heart. Preached it last Sunday to our church in Miami. I just feel like it's the word this morning for you. I want to preach from this thought the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd. I hope you're taking notes. Research shows us that 98% of people who take notes make it to heaven, okay? So lots of notes when you get there. But um, I come not from the biggest church, but I come from a loud and rowdy church, okay? Um, I'm four generations Pentecostal preacher. Come on now. And so you can say amen. You can say I like that. You can say preach it, white boy. I don't really care. But on the count of three, I just want to know I'm in the right place. Just try one of those. Okay, ready? Here we go. One, two, three. This is a racist section right here. We're going to cast that out in a minute. <laughs> Let's pray together. Let's believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us. Lord, we love you so much. And we're so grateful today we could be in your house. Better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. God, I pray now, Lord, that you would speak to us. This is not an ordinary Sunday, but Lord, you brought us here on purpose for a purpose. I pray that today, Lord, you would change us from the inside out. Encourage us. Lift our heads, Lord. From the sinner to the saint, everyone in between. Today, we pray for transformation. We love you. We honor you. We believe all these things in your son's name, Jesus' name. Church, if you believe it, all of God's people said? All of God's people said? Come on, free chapel. If you love Jesus right now, go ahead and take about three seconds and give him a big shout of praise, love of this place. Come on. Um, the book of John records seven I am statements of Jesus. Jesus says some pretty provocative things about himself. He's declaring to the world just exactly who he is. He'll say things like, I am the bread of life. He'll say, I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. Then in John chapter 10, we're reading right now, he'll give two I am statements. He'll start out by saying, I am the door, and then he'll move into this statement, I am the good shepherd. I like this first thought that he is the door. How many of you know that because Jesus is the door, what that means is that we have access to God's presence. 
You have access through Jesus into God's presence. I don't know how you grew up or where you grew up, but maybe you grew up in a religious world that told you the only way you can get into God's presence is when you come to church. Not true. Guess what? You can access God's presence anywhere, anytime, because you have a door and his name is Jesus. Come on. How many grateful you can have church in your Monday morning in your cubicle because you got a door that gives you access. His name is Jesus. And as Jesus begins to make this statement, he says, I am the door. And he introduces this idea that he has, he's giving access to God's presence. And as soon as he says, I am the door, then he jumps into this other character. He says, but there is a thief that's coming. And he says this, he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I don't want to just start out with bad news, but I think it's important that we understand before we can get good news, we got to know the bad news. And the bad news is, is that there is an enemy that's out to get us. It's not a joke. It's not little Jesus took it pretty real. We should take it real. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. The enemy has a purpose and a plan for your life. It's to steal from you. It's to kill you. It's to destroy you. There is a thief that's coming. You should prepare because a thief is coming. And when you start to actually live this way and understand there's a thief that's coming, it even changes your earthly relations. How many of you know, I don't have time to live angry at you because there's a thief that's coming. I don't have time to live offended and live bitter. There's a thief that's coming. I I didn't have to come to the 930 service, but there's a thief that's coming. So I showed up because I needed to prepare because there's a thief that's coming. And before we get really upset going, okay, I don't understand, Rich. This is like really bad news. There's a thief that's coming. Why would God create me, put me on this world and let the devil come and tempt me and mess with me and jack with me? And why do bad things happen to good people? This is so bad. I hate it. I just want to get to heaven quick. I'm tired of it. There's a thief that's coming. Because it's true. There's a thief that's coming. But come on. The good news is there's a good shepherd who's on the way. Come on. Anybody thankful for the gospel that God said, you don't have to go through this alone, but I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to carry you. Although there's a thief that's coming, better news is there's a good shepherd on the way. Come on, somebody. Give God a shout of praise. There's a shepherd on the way. Jesus is going to say, I am the good shepherd. And quickly what we find him do in John chapter 10 is he's going to differentiate between not just any shepherd, but a a good shepherd. He says, you know, some shepherds, those are just like hired hands, but I I didn't hire the sheep. I I own the sheep. I'm not a shepherd. I'm a good shepherd. How many of you, you know that hired hands are different than owners? You ever, uh, you ever rent a car? How come when you rent that car, you drive that thing like you're a NASCAR driver? You you might have gotten like a a Prius, but you're taking that thing over speed bumps, you know? Why? Because you don't don't own the car. You're renting the car. How many know that oftentimes the things that we rent, we're careless with them? But the thing that we own, we're quite careful with it. Jesus is making a very, very clear statement. He wants you to understand, listen to me, I am a good shepherd. I'm not careless with my sheep. I'm careful with my sheep. I have a plan, I have a purpose, and I have a hope for every one of them. I am the good shepherd. Come on, if you believe he's the good shepherd today, give him a big shout of praise. I want to take a few moments today, and I believe this is going to be a word that's going to connect with some people. 
And I want us to talk a little bit about the benefits of having a good shepherd and how it applies to our life right now today in 2017. Because most likely, most of us didn't grow up on a farm and we have no idea why we even need a shepherd and what a shepherd even does. But I, I want us to look at God's word and I want us to catch a fresh revelation from this thought. But the first reason why we need a good shepherd or the first benefit of having the good shepherd is that a good shepherd provides direction. Everyone say direction. Come on, everyone say direction. direction. The good shepherd provides direction. He tells the sheep when to move. He tells the sheep when to stop. He wakes the sheep up. He puts the sheep down. He even tells the sheep when to eat. He's guiding and leading the sheep. Now, as we continue with this metaphor, I hate to say it, but this is not the most encouraging metaphor because Jesus says, I am the door. He talks about the thief. We know that's the devil. We know that's sin. We know that's hell. He says, I am the good shepherd. We know that's Jesus. But if Jesus is the good shepherd, who do you think all the sheep are? That would be you and me. And I wish I could encourage you, but sheep are maybe the dumbest animals on the planet. Like dumb animals. I'm so sorry. Bye. <laughs> Jesus is saying that you and me are the sheep. Sheep, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just being mean towards sheep. I'm sorry if you have an affinity for sheep, but, but, but they're dumb animals. Like they have, they're practically blind. I, I was reading not too long ago about sheep. Check this out. This is what sheep will do. If you put sheep in a pasture, they will eat all of the grass in that pasture. They'll eat all of it. And then after they run out of food, they'll begin to eat each other's excrement until they die. That's who Jesus says you and I are, sheep. But come on, if you're being honest enough, I'm being honest. How many of you know that oftentimes we, we look this way? Many times if I'm left to my own, I'll just indulge my flesh. I'll just take a good thing and I'll just completely wear it out. Ultimately, if I'm left to my own, I'll take a good thing and I'll make it the worst thing and that thing will kill me from the inside out. I don't know about you, but I am a sheep. And I need a shepherd. Sheep are not only dumb, they're not only blind, they're stubborn. How many of you know, if you're dumb, at least go with the flow. Not sheep, sheep like, man, I'm not going. Like, that's what sheep do, you know? That's me. I go, God, I got a better plan. God, I don't need your help. I want to keep eating this food. I want to keep hanging out right here. But Jesus says, no, I am the good shepherd and I've come to provide direction for your life because you are in need of leadership. You are in need of guidance. You are in need of direction. It's really fun to read John chapter 10 and cross-reference it with Psalm 23. Psalm 23, maybe the most famous psalm in the Bible. David says this, he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. That right there is a power statement for your life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or another translation, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Notice what he's saying. He's indicating that Jesus is his shepherd, which means I am a sheep. I don't have a problem. I am the problem. I don't have an issue. I am an issue without a shepherd. But once I cling to a shepherd, listen to the proclamation of his life, I lack nothing. 
Oh, come on. I came to Free Chapel to remind some people you have everything you need to fulfill what God has called you to do. Come on. If you believe you lack nothing, give God a shout of praise. I got a shepherd and his name is Jesus. I'm a sheep. I'm stubborn. Take my own route. Do what I want. But the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He leads me beside still waters. He lays me down in green pastures. He restores my soul. See, see this, this, is, this is vital. You, you've got to get this as a believer in your life. You lack nothing. I lack nothing. If Jesus is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He's leading me. He's directing me. He called me. I didn't call myself to this thing. I didn't put a microphone in my hand. God called me here. He created my platform. Guess what that does? It takes all the pressure off of me. All the anxiety can leave. I didn't call myself. He called me. And if he called me, it's up to him to fulfill the promise. I'm just following. Come on, I'm just following the shepherd. Anybody just know that you're following in the house today? I'm drafting off of Jesus. When I, was, when I was in Bible college, um, I'm one of these kind of guys, I start picking up like hobbies, like left and right, and I'm like always into a new hobby. And so at the time, Lance Armstrong was like really famous as a cyclist. And so people were buying spandex in bulk and getting bikes. And, and so I jumped in on, on the rage and um, I, started, I started cycling too. And I learned quickly in cycling that there's this term, maybe you've heard it before, it's called drafting. And what it means is this. It means is that as cyclists, bike riders, as they're riding in a group, there's a leader of the pack. The leader leads the group. And the leader is putting most of the effort out because he's breaking the wind in front of the group. And everyone behind the leader, it's a term in cycling world. It's called drafting. And what drafting means is as you get behind the leader... Literally, as you're following the leader, the leader's putting the effort out. The leader's putting the work. They say that drafting at times can remove 50% of the effort for those that are following. Meaning, Jesus is the one who puts the effort. Jesus is the one who does the work. I don't have to strive. I don't have to push. I just got to get behind the Savior. And I follow Jesus all the way to the finish line. I know who I am. I'm a sheep. He's a shepherd. I lack nothing. I'm drafting off of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Give God a big shout of praise if you know you're drafting. I just got to follow. I'm following Jesus. It's his effort. Listen to me. Do not let your conditions alter your state of mind. This is what happens to us as believers. Is our conditions change. And so with it, our state of mind begins to change. I heard a preacher friend of mine talking not too long ago. I loved it so much. He said this, and I believe it. How many know in my life there have been moments that I have been broke? Hello. <laughs> I mean broke where you take the debit card and they're charging you money you don't even have. <laughs> Sue me for what? You know, like... No money there. Like, take the $2. I don't know. Like, I don't even have it. Listen to me. I have been broke. But listen. But I have never been poor. Listen to me. Broke, that's a condition. Poor, that's a state of mind. How many of you know you can give a million dollars to a person who has a poor poverty mindset? And within a few months, that money is going to be long gone again. Not me. I've been broke. That's a condition. But I have never been poor. I know who my shepherd is. I lack nothing. 
Don't let your conditions alter your state of mind. Know who you are and know who God is. I have been down, but I've never been defeated. Come on, somebody. I've been hurt, but come on. I kept on playing. Come on. I have been in pain, but I kept moving forward. I know who my shepherd is. I'm drafting off of Jesus. It's his work. It's his effort. It's his striving. All I got to do is follow. I am a sheep. Come on, somebody. Give God a big shout of praise if you know he's providing you direction. I remember as we got ready to plant the church, about a year before we planted the church, I felt like the Lord gave me a phrase and it just became really a revelation in my heart. And I wrote it down in my Bible and I look at it. I probably say this phrase over my life every single day. And the phrase in my Bible, it simply says this, nobody owes me anything. Jesus gave me everything. Do, do you know what happens when you take on this mantra for your life? You're not my problem. You're not my obstacle. I don't have to live bitter. I don't have to live offended. No, nobody owes me anything. I got everything I need in a shepherd named Jesus Christ. He leads me beside still waters. He lays me down in green pastures. He refreshes my soul. My soul, meaning things on the outside might not be right, but you got no idea what's going on on the inside. I got streams of living water coming out of me. He refreshes my soul. Come on, somebody. Give God a shout of praise this morning. He is the good shepherd. There's a thief that's coming, but I got a shepherd who's directing me and who's leading me and who's guiding me. He's a good shepherd and his name is Jesus. Come on. Benefit of your life when you understand that you're a sheep and that he's a shepherd is that you will have direction. But the second thing that the shepherd does is the shepherd provides correction. Everyone say correction. You never get amens after that one, you know. Oh, I love his correction. Oh, God, correct me. No, we hate it. <laughs> See, the thing about sheep is that sheep have this tendency to wander. N none of you, none of you here, none of you here. You go to the 930 service. That means huge mansion in heaven. You're good. But sheep, they have a tendency to wander. What's amazing and if we think about Luke chapter 15, in Luke 15, Jesus will tell three parables. The first parable, he'll talk about a shepherd who has 100 sheep. And the one sheep leaves the pack. What does he do? He leaves, he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. Meaning, what Jesus is trying to say is that when you wander, the shepherd chases after you. When you get off the path, when you dip out, when you say, I'm done, when you start to drift, the shepherd starts chasing after you. That in itself is a good reason just to come to church, man. That is such good news that even when I'm wandering, the shepherd says, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to chase you. Luke 15, he finds the sheep, picks the sheep up, comes back, and then he throws a party that the sheep was found. How provocative is that? Can you imagine like your dad, like remember you, none of you, once again, this is the 930. I know you're very spiritual, but me, when I was a prodigal, I would go to a party. Can I imagine my dad breaking down the doors of the party, grabbing me out of the party? Go, I came and I found you, boy. I'm like, oh, he's going to kill me. No, 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 no. He grabs me and he goes, no, no, no. I got a better party at home. Could you imagine your dad pulling you out of a party only to take you back home to see all your friends and all your family saying, we're so glad we found you. We've been missing you. Woo. 
That's the kind of grace that will track you down. That's the kind of grace that says, if you wander, I'm going with you. I always told my wife, so baby, if you ever tell me you're leaving, cool, I'm going with you. That's what God says. God says, if you run, <laughs> I'll be hot on your trail. Why? Because he cares about lost things. You, you, ever, you ever lost something important to you? About three weeks ago, I was in Washington. That's where I grew up, state of Washington. And I had some meetings there, but um, I've got a lot of family that still lives in Washington. And so we had a few days um, after to hang out with some of my family. And it just happened to be my grandmother's 91st birthday that week. Come on, give her a big round of applause. 91. 91. Still drives a car. It's scary, but she still drives a car. And so I'm there. My wife's with me, my wife, Don Cherie. And we, uh, I said, babe, I want, I want to, you know, I, whenever I go back to like my hometown, it's like, it gets real nostalgic. And I'm looking at all this stuff that I grew up around. And so I'm taking my wife, I'm like, that's where I did this. And that's where that happened. And, and so I was like, babe, I want, I want to take you down to this beach that my grandfather used to walk with me on. And so my wife and I got my grandmother and we, we drove down to this beach area. And, and behind this beach is all these woods and forests. And, um, I know this is a Christian church, but that movie Twilight, that's where all that was filmed. So that whole area, <laughs> keep moving. Okay, so um, <laughs> just trying to give you a, a mental picture. And uh, so above the beach, you have, there's like this like 10 foot, like really tall, like incline to go into the forest. And I, I wanted to show Don Shree, we used to, as kids, we used to play hide and go seek in there. We had the best time in there. And so I said, I said, Don Shree, I want to take you in there. But I knew my grandmother wasn't going to be able to make it up the 10 foot climb. And so I said, Nana, I call her Nana. I said, Nana, are you okay to wait here for five minutes right here in this location as Don Shree and I, I just want to show her this, this memory. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. So I go, come on, babe. And so we go into the forest, you know, and we're just doing marriage. We're making out and stuff in there. And <laughs> she can't keep her hands off me. It's awkward. So, and so we're just, we're loving each other. And um, <clears throat> we're there five minutes, you know, five minutes, just doing, you know, having fun. And um, we, we come out of the woods back down the incline. And when we come back down, I can't find my grandmother. And like, you know, the first minute you try to like, <clears throat> Nana. Nan Nana. And like, you want to you play it cool, you know, like, <clears throat> Nan Nana. And so Don Shree and I, we kind of start separating a little bit. I'm like, you, you go a little bit that way, you know. Four minutes in, we're in full panic mode. Like, I can't find my grandmother anywhere. Don Shree's 100 yards down the beach. We're shouting, Nana, where are you? I'm like grabbing strangers. Did you kidnap my grandmother? You're like, well, it's awkward, you know? And I'm just, I'm rehearsing in my mind, like, what am I going to say to my parents? I lost Nana? Like, how do you, oh, you know, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And so it's 15, 20. We can't find my grandmother on the beach. I'm like, this is awful. My grandmother, I'm in panic mode. We've lost Nana. Oh, God. I go, we got to go to the car. We got to go find her. Let's print the flyers. Let's, let's put a reward out. We, we got to do it, you know? We start heading back towards the car, and as we pull up to the car, I see this little figure by the door, and it's my grandmother. And I said to my grandmother, I said, young lady, where have you been? We have been worried sick about you. Get in the car. No, I didn't correct her. How many of you know that when I saw her, I started to celebrate her? Listen to me. God is far more concerned with celebrating that which is found than he is with punishing that which is lost. God wants to celebrate you coming home. He wants his sheep home. Come on, somebody. He's calling people home. 
I, I love Psalm 23, right? Because David continues and he says, Yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know how we got in the valley, but I love it. He says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. What's he saying? He's saying, wherever I go, good days you're with me. Bad days you're with me. Living righteous, you're with me. Living in sin, somehow you still get up in there in my mess and you find me. I love it. he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's good, right? Because valleys aren't meant to camp out in. Valleys are not where you meet your friends. You don't get married in the valley. You don't put a stake in the ground and say, we're going to build a business in the valley of the shadow of death. You don't do that. You walk through the valley. You're going to get through this thing. If you're going through hell, don't stop moving. Keep moving forward. You're coming out stronger. You're coming out better. You're coming out the other end. You got a good shepherd. Yet listen to me. He says this. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, a shepherd would carry two types of sticks in his hand. In one hand, he would carry this thing known as a rod, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but the rod was to defend, and it was to get rid of the prey that were coming after the sheep. But in the other hand, he would carry a staff. And the staff had a curved end on it. And the staff was used so that if the sheep would begin to wander, the shepherd could loop the staff around the sheep's neck and bring him back. Now, how many of you know, getting that staff around you, that, that's a little, ah, uh, ah, uh, that's a little, ow, each, ow. It's a little uncomfortable. Yet notice, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, correction is only unwanted when you love your mistake. Godly correction in the moment, ah, a little uncomfortable, but godly correction will always lead to comfort. How many know that when he corrects you, it's because he loves you? When he corrects you, it's because he doesn't want you in the valley of the shadow of death. When he corrects you, he's saying, hey, get back over here a little bit closer to me. I want to keep leading you. You're a sheep. You eat stuff. You're stubborn. You can't see for nothing. Get closer to me. When I was a kid, I, I grew up in church, like truly grew up in church. My first slow dance was to our God is an awesome God. <laughs> I have real problems, okay? And so I, I grew up like in Sunday school. You know, I grew up with like flannel graphs. I grew up with blonde Jesus, you know, like I grew up in church. And <clears throat> I remember when I was a kid, I used to see, you ever see this picture of this, of the shepherd? Did you ever see this? I think we've got a picture of this shepherd. The guys can bring it up here. Maybe they can. Maybe they can't. I like that. There it is. Oh, there it is. Did you ever see that picture? You're like, oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> Jesus and his staff, the shepherd and the sheep. This is what I found out. I found out if a sheep wanders enough times, the shepherd will actually come to the sheep, break the legs of the sheep, pick the sheep up so that after his legs mend, the sheep will never wander again. I used to see that. I'm like, that's so sweet. No, no, not so sweet. That sheep just got its legs broken. <laughs> he can't walk if he wants to walk. 
He can't go anywhere. He's like, ah. Listen, I don't want my legs broken. Oh, God, don't break my legs. I don't want them broken. I don't want to lose my legs. I don't. I don't want to lose my legs. But how many of you know, I really don't want to lose my life. I really don't want to lose my soul. I really don't want to lose my purpose. I really don't want to lose my hope. If I got to have my legs broken for a season so I come back stronger, then God, I want to follow you. Correct me, form me, mold me into the man you've called me to be. I'm a sheep. You're the shepherd. There's a thief coming. But praise God, the shepherd is on the way. Come on, free chapel. Give God a big shout of praise. You got a shepherd. You got a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He directs us. He corrects us. And lastly, as the worship team comes up here to help me sound a little more spiritual. It's very intimidating preaching on Jensen Franklin's platform. The last thing the good shepherd does is that he, he protects us. He, he protects us. Notice, as David continues in Psalm 23, we're just looking at Psalm 23 and cross-referencing with John 10. He says this, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Like, that's, that's just, that's cool. You prepare a table before, in the presence of my enemies. I remember when I was a kid, I used to see, like, in India, like, the, I don't know if you've ever seen these, like, these videos of like, these snake charmers that, like, blow this flute and they charm the cobra, and it's like, and the cobra's like, mm. and I used to always be like, oh my God, that's like mystical and powerful. How in the world? The cobra, they don't get bit. I'm like, this is crazy. But then I found out, they super glue the cobra's mouth shut. You could do whatever you want to that cobra. He's like, he can't do nothing. It took its power, it took its venom, it took its sting. The enemy at the cross was declawed, detoothed. His venom is gone. His power is gone. See, the shepherd doesn't just carry the staff. He carries the rod. And whenever that thief gets to your doorstep, Jesus steps in and says, I will protect this house with a rod. Jesus says in John chapter 10, This is so good. He says, I love my sheep. I'm not a hired hand. I own these sheep. I'm careful with these sheep. I know your name. You know my name. I've got a big, big pen. I want them all around me. Listen, I'll lay my life down for the sheep. No one takes it from me. I gladly give it up. And I am so powerful and I am so good that I will raise myself back from the dead. What was he doing? Listen, he was foreshadowing the gospel. What is the gospel? Jesus Christ came to this earth and he took everything that we deserved so that we could get everything that he deserved. He's foreshadowing the gospel. What's he saying? He's saying under the old covenant, the sheep had to die for the shepherd blood sacrifices eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth the shepherd being humanity the shepherd being a man the sheep 
dying, a dove, a goat, a spotless lamb. Lay them down so that the shepherd mankind can have a relationship with God. That's the old covenant. But under the new covenant, the shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. I'm going to protect you against the greatest thief, which is sin, which is death, which is hell, which is the grave. I will protect you. I will cover you so the curse of sin, death, does not fall on you. This house is protected. I need a shepherd because I need to be protected. You know, I can't prove this theologically, but I just think we're going to get to heaven one day and there's going to be an angel up in heaven and his only job is for you to go over and be like, okay, tell me another time. He's going to dial into something. He's like, well, here you go. And he's just going to have time after time that you had no idea, no idea that the shepherd stepped in. When the thief came to your doorstep, the thief is on the way. But when the thief got to your house, the shepherd stepped in with a rod and said, this house is protected. You ever get to someone's house and there's a sign on the doorstep and it says, beware of dog? That's not what your sign says on your house. The sign on your house says, beware of God. This house is protected. There's a shepherd. There's a shepherd. He's got a rod. He lays his life down. He's already protected you. This past week, I was literally last week, I'm watching ESPN. I know you're like, Rich, how in the world do you get a message from ESPN? I don't know. God's awesome. And I don't know if you saw this, but there was this little boy who went to it. Just hold for the photo for a second. But there's this little boy. He went to, he went to the Braves game, Atlanta. And um, his little boy's first birthday. He said, Dad, I want to go to the baseball game. His dad's like, I'm going to take you to the baseball game. So that the baseball game, having the best time ever. And the little boy's like, Dad, I want to take a photo. And I want to send the photo to mom. Because I want mom to see we're having a good time. So the dad gives the phone over. And the little boy, he puts his head down. And he starts to write the text to his mom. But unbeknownst to the little boy, the batter gets in the box. And as he gets in the box, he swings the bat. But the bat leaves his hands and starts flying in the air. But look at this photo. Look at this photo. This is on ESPN. Look at this photo. See that little boy? That's a sheep. But look at his dad at the right moment puts his hand out and protects his boy. I saw that little boy. I said, oh my God, that's me. How many times has my head been down? I didn't see the threat coming. I didn't know the enemy was near, but as the enemy tried to strike, the good shepherd stepped in the gap and he put his right hand out and said, this house is protected. I don't know about you, but I should have been in jail. I should have died in that car accident, but there was a good shepherd who stepped in the gap and he protected me. Come on, give God a shout of praise if you know you are protected. Stand to your feet. We're going to close right now. Bring that photo back up for me. Bring that photo back up for me. Because I want you to know this is not just some good, fun preaching moment. This is what God does. And when you catch this revelation, you can show up to the 930, whether Javen Chavez is leading worship or not, and you will lift your hands up, whether it's on tune, off tune, lights looking good, and you'll start to worship God because you'll say, I got a reason to praise him. I got a reason to dance. He's protected me. 
this photo. That little boy that represents our church back in Miami. It's called Voo Church. It's been the best of times and it's been the hardest of times. Planting a church in the heart of Miami, you don't do that because it's a good idea. You only do that if it's a God idea. And we've had bat after bat after bat thrown at us. And every time the bat was thrown, it seemed like God just stepped in the way and said, this house is protected. <laughs> week one, I can't even go into week one of our church. We were served papers for a lawsuit. Who, who gets sued week one? We do. And we were scared. We're in a middle school. We have no, no staff, nothing. Just a bunch of young kids who believe that the gospel needs to go out. A bunch of young kids who are so, we know we're sheep. Like, oh my God, we're stubborn. We can't see. We don't know how to solve this. We're scared. We're afraid. It was a trying time. We're on the paper in Miami Herald. A lot of people talking, a lot of things going around. I'm sitting in a Sunday night service. And all of a sudden, someone taps me on the shoulder and says, Pastor Jensen Franklin is here. I say, excuse me? Like he's on TV? They're like, no, he's here. I'm like in the, in the, in the, in the, the middle school? They're like, yeah, he just walked in the back. I said, oh, uh, does he want to preach? <laughs> I said, no, he just came to support. So I preached that night. It was probably an awful message. I'm just nervous the whole time. Threw up three times in front of him. It was awful. No. But I... <laughs> I invited him up at the end. I just said, Pastor Jensen, would you just pray for us as a church? And he knew very, very, very little about what we were going through. But your pastor grabbed the microphone and walked up and he began to prophesy over Voo Church. And he said, I know there's been some attacks that have come on this house, but let me bring the report of the Lord. These attacks will not end in harm but these attacks are only gonna propel the momentum of God in this place. This house is protected. And I thought to myself, I said, there he is, God's showing up, sending the man of God in the nick of time that when the enemy's throwing his bats, God puts his hand out and says, this house is protected. I am the good shepherd, follow me, I got a plan. Come on church, lift your hands, come on lift your voice, let's sing it out, come on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.